Stop telling yourself stories that make you feel less than or victimized in any way and start telling yourself stories that serve you. Well, hello there, Prosperity Seeker, and welcome to another episode of The Prosperity Approach. I'm your host, Allison Chavez. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode today. I, I'm always just so honored and consider it such a great privilege that you would spend your time here with me. And as always, I do try to make this definitely worth your time and uh, something to look forward to every week, right? When we drop those episodes. Today, I am excited to talk about a, actually a weird truth that really will set you free. But before I talk about that, just a quick reminder, if you're listening to the audio version of this episode, be sure you're following the podcast on your favorite app. So a weird truth that will set you free, um, which actually, when I first heard this, I pushed back against it, probably because of the way it was framed to me. Here's the truth. You create all the drama in your life. Like, that's the truth. You are the creator of every bit of drama in your life. The good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between, all of it. Now, I had this first phrase to me this way. Your reality, everything that's in your reality is your fault. <laughs> if you're in a bad situation, it's your fault. Anything that you've created, it's your fault. And I was like, oh, like, seriously, we've got other people's agency that's involved in this whole thing, this whole Hollywood story that's playing out in Technicolor, right? How could this be my fault? So I, I actually like to soften it because I, I think especially as women, um, we tend to we tend to be overly responsible for things that we don't need to be overly responsible for. And I think we take blame for a lot of things that are not ours to take the blame for. Um, this was driven home to me several years ago when I realized after a two and a half year financial free fall that uh, the, really the best way out of this was through a bankruptcy. And, and I, had, I had told myself, this is your fault, but it wasn't an empowering kind of a statement at all. It was filled with, how could you be so stupid? Why did you think you were going to make a difference? Look at all the people that you've hurt in this process. And the people were, was my family. Um, I knew you would go off a financial cliff. I told you that you would go off a financial cliff if you tried to start a business. Um, it, like it was, it was that it was, you're the world's biggest screw up. Um, no wonder nobody listens to you. Like it was really, really cruel self-talk that was going on, you know, and, and, and in my perverted thinking at that time, I was like, see, I'm owning it. I'm owning it. But no, actually what I was doing was fashioning a really impressive beat up stick of not enoughness that I continually like stuck in my heart and, and pounded myself over the head with it. And so like, it wasn't, it really wasn't serving anybody. And when I finally like put the beat up stick in the corner, and I actually highly recommend you like torch the beat up stick so that it's never around again to tempt you to beat yourself up with. But when I finally set that thing down and the dust had settled, um, I had heard somebody and I don't even remember who it was now. I wish I had remembered, I'd give them credit, but they had said something like, you know, they had created this disaster in their life. They'd created this big mess in their life and they looked around and they just decided to own it. And they said, huh, I created this mess. I bet I can create my way out of it. 
And that struck me like that got through all of the voices, all of the chatter, all of the cruelty going on in my mind that that got through. And so I thought, huh, I created a bankruptcy, which as as a perfectionist is like the worst thing you could ever create in your life because your identity is your perfect credit score. Your identity is your credit, like uh, at least mine was. And so like there's nothing more fearful than a bankruptcy to a perfectionist, at least to this perfectionist. And when that was looming as, as really the only viable option out of this, I decided to just own it. And I was like, you know what? I did create this. Holy cow. I am so powerful. I created this and I didn't mean to. It was the exact opposite of what what I wanted to create. But look at how powerful I am. I thought about it all the time. I thought about how I didn't want it. I had, I threw desperate prayers to heaven all the time to please save us from, (laughs) from financial disaster. But what was I thinking about all the time? I was thinking about disaster. I was thinking about the worst case scenario. I was thinking about all of the, all of the different awful things that could come of not having enough money to pay our bills. And I got really worried about it. And I was very, very anxious about it. And I couldn't sleep. And all I wanted to eat was peanut M&Ms. And I wasn't healthy. And that's all I thought about. Holy crap, I created this. Because thoughts and emotions create your reality. Wow. And then I was very empowered by whoever it was that God sent to say those words to me. I bet I can create my way out of this. And that gave me hope for the first time in a couple of years, actually, that, wow, I created it and I didn't mean to. So now if I'm intentional about what I desire to create and the experience I desire to have as I create it, I wonder what could change. That's the power of this truth, because this truth that I did create all the drama in my life set me free. Now, does agency play a part in drama and messes. Yes. And can we, I mean, we have limited control over other people's agency. I mean, we can try to manipulate them and uh, we do all the time, try to manipulate each other so that we can control and we get in, you know, that we can have our own way, but like all of the players in your drama, you attracted to your drama to play out the story that you've got going on in your mind. And it creates that reality, you know, story of my life. (laughs) I heard somebody say that just the other day. Oh, I wanted to be here, but then all hell broke loose and everything was a disaster story of my life. And I'm like, yeah, it totally is the story of your life. Like literally it's the story of your life. You go from one drama to another. And I was just observing it and I didn't express this out loud because that person wasn't in a place to be able to hear it, but I didn't have any judgment on it. I just thought, wow, yeah, what's the story of my life? Like, what do I keep creating over and over and over again? Both that serves me and also that doesn't serve me. But man, I'll tell you what, this truth just like cracked me wide open. And I was like, holy freaking cow, let's let's use my thoughts. Let's use my emotion. Let's use my energy. Let's use this truth that I am the creator of my reality. And let's see how powerful I really am really am. So there were, there are a couple of things that have to lock into place in order for you to create the reality that you actually want. Um, and so that you'll stay free instead of like always reaching for that beat up stick of I'm a screw up and nothing's ever going to change. All right. So 
So the first thing that you've got to do is take accountability. Take accountability for your perceptions, for your projections, and for your assumptions in the situation. Because our mind tells us stories all the time, and we project our own fears onto others that others will pick up. We have our own perceptions about the situation that other people don't necessarily have. It's how your kids can have the same experience growing up in your household and two completely different explanations or two completely different realities that were created just because of their perception of what was going on. And you're like, "Ah, that's not actually what happened at all, but that's their truth because that's the perception that they put on their reality and the assumptions that we made, you, you know, or that we make throughout our different dramas that we create and situations that we have. We make assumptions and we put assumptions on ourselves and others. My brother loves to say, well, you know what happens when we assume it makes an ass out of you and me. And, and it really does. So often our assumptions are wrong about what other people are thinking, about what other people's motivations are. Um, so when you will just own that and take accountability for your perceptions, your projections, and your assumptions, you, t- you unload yourself from a huge burden right there. Second thing you need to do is build self-awareness. You need to you need to almost be like a third party that's observing what's going on in your little like self-made drama of your situation. Um, because there's a, an awful lot of information that you can gain by that when you're building self-awareness. So build up your awareness so that you can see where your mind is filling in the blanks to a conversation and adding information that isn't actually there. Just build, build up the awareness so that you can observe that because awareness without judgment really, I believe is the, is the key and the first step to transforming and changing anything. We can't change something that we're not aware of. So we've got to take our blind spot and make it like, put it right in front of us. And it's a blind spot because we can't see it. But when we walk around blind and we walk around um, completely unaware because we're so self-absorbed in our own drama, that makes it so much harder. So if you'll just back away from the situation, just kind of look at it from a third party observer, holy cow, you build so much awareness so quickly. But remember, don't get into any judgment about it because I firmly believe that we're all doing the best we can with where we're at, the knowledge we have, the tools we have, certainly with the beliefs we run and the filters that we have on in our lives, we really are doing the best that we can for the most part. Is there room for improvement? Always. There's always room for improvement. And that improvement begins with that self-awareness with zero judgment. So I remember many years ago, so my daughter is now 16 and she, she was five at the time. And we had sold our home. So this was in like 2012, 2012. And it was at the bottom of the market, of the housing market. And we sold our house really, really fast. Like within 10 days, we had sold our home. And we didn't have any place to go. So we moved in with Jeremy's parents. And let me preface this conversation or this story by saying, I have so much love and so much respect for my husband's parents. They are amazing people. So my youngest child at that time, Peyton, was five. She was ready to turn five. And and grandma loved to give her candy. I mean, that's what grandmas do, right? Grandmas love to give her candy, love to give their grandkids candy. And I had no problem with my mother-in-law giving my kids candy, except when it was right before dinner. 
like had a problem with that because then Peyton wouldn't eat her dinner and she was a picky eater anyway. And she was kind of a grazer. So it was hard to get her to sit down and eat dinner. And so I remember talking to my mother-in-law about this. And I said, Hey, when it's time for dinner, will you not give Peyton any candy? Like, I don't mind that you give Peyton candy. Just please don't give it to her an hour before we're going to have dinner because then it spoils her dinner and we have a hard enough time getting her to eat as it is. And like, that's how, like, that, that's just what my request was. Just don't feed her candy before dinner. So it was really interesting, the blanks that my mother-in-law filled in with that conversation and the story that she made out of that. So she gathered Peyton together a little while later and she was like, your mom said, I can't give you candy ever again. Cause I think Peyton went up and asked her for candy. And she's like, no, you can't have any candy. Your mom said, I can't give you candy ever again. And I, and, and I was right there. And I said, no, that's actually not what I said at all. I said, don't give her candy before dinner, please. That's all I said. That's all I said. But isn't that interesting? And, and, and we, all of us do this all the time. We make up stories. Our mind fills in the blanks of conversations and things that people aren't saying. And we make assumptions and then we create like this whole story around it. But I was like, no, I like, I wasn't going to stand for that where now I'm the bad guy and the grandma, and grandma doesn't want to be the bad guy. And like I said, I love my husband's parents so much. They are such fantastic people. And this was years and years and years ago. And it's funny because we'll have conversations now where she says, so I had this conversation with so-and-so and then I just totally made up this story about it. So like she sees where she made up a story, not because like I taught her or anything like that at all, but we just like, when we're honest with ourselves, we make up stories all the time. And usually the stories don't serve the narrative that we actually want to live. And that brings me to my final point. Stop telling yourself stories that make you feel less than or victimized in any way and start telling yourself stories that serve you that have an ending you actually want to experience. Your stories, I had a mentor years ago that was like, oh my gosh, the stories you tell are so 1984. They're so boring. And isn't that true? They're so predictable because the doubts and the fears and the stories that we tell about nobody's gonna like you and you're not gonna make any money and you're gonna die penniless and alone and nobody will love you. Like that's so boring. It's so freaking predictable. And who even wants to be part of that story to read to the sad, sorry end? Tell yourself a story that makes you want to turn the page and keep on reading. A story where everything always works out for you. A story where only good can come of this. A story where you're loved and you're supported and you're surrounded by people who who are rooting for you. Like that's a story I want to read. And that's a story I want to be a part of. And I hope that that's a story. I, I know that's a story that you want to be a part of as well. You wouldn't be listening to the prosperity approach otherwise. So... All of these truths can feel a little bit hard, can feel a little bit uncomfortable. And if you're ready to change your story, but you're not quite sure how to do that, if you're ready for things to be easy, to have ease and have flow, you know how to do hard. Do you know how to do easy? Are you willing to lean into ease and flow rather than hustle and grind? Do you want to know the difference between the two of when you're in too much masculine and not enough feminine? Do you want to learn how to lead with your feminine and let masculine support? If so, sign up for my free online masterclass. You can go to prosperityapproach.com slash feminine masterclass. It's a free class. We spend about an hour together going through the different characteristics of feminine and masculine energy. So you can see more towards where you lean and live a higher way of life. 
You click on the link below or go to prosperityapproach.com slash feminine masterclass. And until then, remember, prosperity becomes you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Prosperity Approach. If you haven't already, be sure to head over to prosperityapproach.com slash 52 ways and pick up your free copy of The Prosperity Guide. This guide will help you discover 52 different ways to dissolve fear and overwhelm, grow your wealth consciousness, and experience success without struggle. Until next time, remember, the challenge is necessary on your journey to success, but the struggle isn't.